0: And welcome to another episode of The Wannabe Entrepreneur, the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. And I know this episode is coming really, really late. To be honest, it's now 3 a.m. in my current time zone. And this was a crazy, crazy day. I had so many things to do, a lot of things that I was not expecting. But here I am speaking with you. I really missed you. And I have so many things to tell you, actually. It was a very, very packed week. I want to tell you about the co-working space I visited, super nice, super nice, super nice. I don't even speak properly. Super nice. It's called the Now Biatu, And I'm going back this Thursday and I'm excited to tell you why. Besides that, I did a product hunt launch, super successful, worked out really well. And I want to share that with you. And then I finally found a good cold dm strategy i've been trying i've tried with linkedin i've tried with email didn't work now i find one that is working and again i want to share that with you and last but not least the last topic i want to speak about is about indie hacking and the whole community and if it is or not a ponzi scheme so so many things to speak such a packed episode and it's so late already so i better start cracking so no more delays. Let's get started with today's episodes. Coworking spaces. As you remember, I believe the first time I spoke about this concept, I was not too convinced. I just went to a co-working space and I, I didn't vibe with the place and everyone there were basically already working in companies so I didn't I didn't feel the indie vibe, and I, I that's what I wanted to to meet. That's what I wanted to find in these kind of working spaces, to find other people like myself working in their dreams, in their little projects or big projects, really. But yeah, a way to find colleagues and still be able to work on my own project. That's what I. Wanted to achieve with coworking spaces, and since then I've, I've visited a few, some that I really enjoyed, and some that I didn't like at all. And uh, this past week, I visited one that it was really, really, really cool. So I got approached by a Portuguese entrepreneur a few months ago, and his name is Miguel. I think I told I told you about about him already. Not sure. But uh, yeah, he is uh, a seasoned entrepreneur here in Portugal. He's also a teacher or a professor. He teaches in two different universities. And he is a kind of an entrepreneur that I guess it's called a developer. And let me tell you about the three types of entrepreneurs that I've identified so far. The first one is the typical VC startup entrepreneur. And... Normally, these are people that have one specific skill. They are really good doing something, either tech or uh, something else like business, and they create a team around it. And first they go and they raise money. So they're also very good selling their idea, selling their their story, convincing people that they can uh, manage to deliver the product and build the company. That's the entrepreneur that we are most used to nowadays because this is the kind of uh, entrepreneur we see in movies. The tech entrepreneurs, you have the, your Bill Gates, you have your Steve Jobs, uh, your uh, Mark Zuckerberg. So, those are the ones that we kind of grew up with. And then, of course, you have the indie makers, which I believe are kind of a new kind of entrepreneurs. Or or maybe it's a rebranding or a relaunch of the lifestyle entrepreneurs. To be honest, I, I do believe that uh, my grandpa, for instance, was and an is, well, he's uh, not working anymore, but an indie hacker or a bootstrapper rather, because he basically bootstrapped his own business. There was no investment, but those were different kinds of businesses. He basically had a store and uh, yeah he was able to make some decent money from that and and live from that and uh, yeah he was really happy but it's not web related but nowadays there's this new kind of relaunch of the indie hackers and those are the ones that mostly work with tech so again we would strap our own projects we don't ask for vc money but we use technology to enable our businesses and this is the category where i fit in i am an indie hacker and probably if you're listening to this you are as well but recently i discovered a new type of an entrepreneur let's call it the developer i i don't think it's the best name because when i think about developer i think about coding and this is a different kind of developer i guess but it's this is a very old kind of entrepreneurship maybe the first one But I really like these are the people that do not necessarily have one specific skill, but they are just very good in connecting people together and making things happen. In this case, I believe that Miguel fits in this category. He's good with marketing and he's good with multiple skills, but he has really crazy energy. He's able to connect people and innovate and start something new. And just by being around him, I can feel the energy that he has so it's super interesting and he has so many different businesses besides being a teacher he has the co-working space he has uh, conferences going on he has his own kind of consultancy company everything around and if i think about one thing that i recently learned which was how the panama canal was basically built by one entrepreneur one entrepreneur was able to literally create panama as a country because before it was used to be part of colombia and they kind of convinced the u.s to intervene it's crazy how one person by just connecting people was able to make such an engineering and and crucial feat it's really really amazing so i do believe that he's called a developer uh, kind of entrepreneur someone that is able to develop new things out of nothing by just connecting people and and that's that's Miguel <laughs> and this was a long introduction about who Miguel is but that, that's Miguel basically for me and um, he is also now a lot into no code and is really trying to learn more about this and, and build maybe something in the future around no code and he also invited me to talk in the future.works this conference that I spoke about and as I'm telling this I really need to start making my presentation. I need to add this to my task list, my to-do list. But yeah, he has this co-working space and he invited me to go there. And he has been sending me messages. Come on, Tiago, you need to come. You can bring a friend and it's going to be for free and you can just come and check it out. And finally, since Anthony is here and uh, I told you about him last week, right? He is uh, the founder of Indie Worldwide. We are doing stuff together. So I told him, like, let's go and co-work there. And we we did go. And it's such a great environment. It's, you get there and it's in a kind of new part of Lisbon. Well, it's not really new, but it's, it's still somehow under construction. It's, it's a very up-and-coming neighborhood, I would say. It's called Beato. And there's a lot of, like, innovation and startups and a lot of startup hubs ...popping up there, which is really cool and very hipster. And this place is the most hipster you can imagine. Everything is kind of... Um, it's kind of a shed. Imagine a shed, but they kind of painted it... ...and, and filled it with wood and a lot of plants. And it's it's kind of uh crazy, not super organized vibe. But in that, all of uh, this confusion, there's a very interesting an inspiring and innovative vibe and the people there were really cool and one thing that I really enjoyed was the fact that uh, there was companies but there was also people working in their own projects either freelancing or indie hacking so yeah I really enjoyed that. also like people coming in and people visiting and I don't know I love the energy and one cool thing about working without entrepreneurs is that I get to learn from them so I, I was working with Anthony so each one of course in our own projects but then in the end Miguel shows up and we are just chatting about indie hacking and uh, the idea of creating a event an indie hacking event in Lisbon just popped up and Anthony is really good in like having an idea and uh, immediately setting the the task the task list of what needs to be done to make this idea happen so Basically, he said that we wanted to organize a meetup of indie makers and Miguel immediately said, okay, you can do it here. And Anthony said, okay, let's do that. I will just give me your WhatsApp. Let's arrange this. And less than one day later, we had the event and now 10 people sign up. It's going to be really, really cool. It's going to be this Thursday. So if you are in Lisbon, make sure to check it out. The link will be in the description and we'll start by basically co-working together. Everyone indie indie makers and freelancers will go there and work together. And then after that, we'll just drink some beers or whatever you want to drink and, and chat and network. And I, I'm super excited about that. I think it will be really, really fun. So, yeah, that's my uh, co-working experience. And actually, it's not it's not the only co-working experience, now that I'm thinking about because this past weekend and uh, Monday, I was in Porto. And uh, on Monday, my partner and I went to, to work. We stayed in Porto, and we wanted to find a co-working space. And one cool thing about Porto, it's, it's also, it's uh, as, as Lisbon is, Porto, because of the tourism and a lot of people coming, and, and because Portugal is kind of trending nowadays... It's really changing. So there's a lot of new hipster cool things popping up. And I I tried to find some co-working spaces. And and in Porto, they have one called porto.io and they have multiple spots. One is in in really in the center. The other one is just by the river, which is amazing. And then they have another one more close to the sea in Matuzinhos. So I I wanted to go and check it out. I arrived there. Unfortunately, it was already packed, uh, filled with people. So they, they couldn't let us in. So we, I immediately like took my phone and I went on Google Maps and I found another one. It was super cheap, it was like seven euros per person, and the vibe there it's it's really just a normal standard office vibe. It's not like this cool now to vibe, but it was also nice because uh, there was a lot of people working and uh, everyone working their own projects. You you listen to some meetings and you get energized. So. More and more, I think that coworking spaces can be a great place. If you find the right coworking space for you, it can be a great place for you to grow, to have new ideas, to be motivated, to be healthy mentally as well. So, yeah, I'll let you know how it goes on Thursday, but I'm super, super excited about that. Now, the product hunt launch. Another one, yes, another one and uh, i i don't want to tell you right away what the result was i just want to say that i decided to launch a product that i thought was really going to work really well on product hunt which is my lottery the indie lottery which is this project where you basically submit your email you submit your project and the description of your project and uh, every day i have a fully automated script that picks one of the projects and sends to all of the participants it's kind of a lottery a a way to to help indie makers to yeah get some traffic into and and get some eyes eyeballs into their project so super cool i I think i've tried it before i launched it somehow like i did a soft launch and i saw that the conversion rate was really good. It was like 20%. Of course, that I'm not making any money so people don't have to pay to post. But still, uh 20% is quite good. So I was kind of confident that this would work out really well on Product Hunt. So I got ready. I told everyone that I was about to launch. I did a bunch of tweets and I created the page in advance and I scheduled the launch and uh As you know, it's at 12 a.m. Pacific time, which is 8 a.m. here in Portugal. And uh, waking up at 8 a.m. is really, really hard for me. I actually have uh, an audio that I recorded when I just woke up. So let's listen to that. I think it'll be fun. Hello. Good morning. It's 8 a.m. now, which means that uh, my product hunt product just went live and uh, i woke up early because these first hours one or two hours are the most important on product hunt because you want to make sure your product is in the top 10 so that it gets a lot of views otherwise it's really hard to to yeah keep up so yeah it's just now 8 1 And my product is out. And uh, it's time to share it on Twitter. So yeah, that's basically the voice of a Tiago that uh, had just woken up. And the first hours of my launch were not amazing. I was like in top 10. Uh, At some point, I was actually even further along. But uh, yeah, I was able to, to get into the top 10. But like... I was in the ninth position, 10th position, and uh, yeah, it was not growing super fast. I I tweeted about it, but that tweet was not having a lot of engagement. So my strategy here is to basically DM everyone that has ever answered me back on Twitter. And as you know, I use uh, HiVoE to manage my welcome DMs, so HiVoE allows me to send a welcome dm every time someone new follows me and if they answer back so if they answer this dm i know that they are active members and they are somehow willing to chat with me so what i do is i go to all my followers literally all of them and uh, i open their account i go to the dm and i see if they we had ever exchanged messages and if we did i send them a message so yeah, it was a very, very hard manual work. And uh, I kind of found a way to deal with that. And uh, I also have uh, uh, an audio about that. So let's let's hear it. Well, let me just remove the music. I'm now listening to pumping music. Pumping? Like pumped music to get me going, to put me in a mood, even though it's 9 a.m., which is quite early for me. And, um, yeah, people are responding to my DMs, so the strategy is working. And so far, I have, let's see, 14 upvotes, and I'm position number 8. And, uh, I mean, it's not bad. It's not amazing as well, because the top launches, there's one that already has 105 upvotes. And then you have 82, 52. So I think the start is not as strong as my previous start when I launched the WB space. But yeah, I don't know. This is not a sprint, right? This is a marathon. So I'll just keep DMing people and and asking for, for their support. And that's what I did. I did that for hours an hour, sending DMs to people. And I'm not going to lie is not that glamorous job that everyone thinks, you know, I'm just launching on product hunt and it's going to be amazing. No, it's just a lot of work, a lot of repetitive work. And, uh, after a while things started to brighten up actually. It was it was great because I, I started to see my ranking going up and I was in seventh and then I was in six and then I got to top five. So top five basically allows you to be in the product hunt newsletter every day after a launch or actually the next day. There is a newsletter that is sent to all the subscribers that uh, basically speak about the first five products of uh, of the previous day. So I was super excited about that. And uh, besides sending the messages, I was also posting uh, my launch on a few subreddits. And I was also posting in the community, of course. And I did another tweet that worked much better than the first one. It got retweeted and everything. So it's always good also to keep updating your tweets. So normally I update the peeps and I say, Hey, we just got the position number five and I just got this amount of comments, etc. A lot of people were commenting, which was great. I was also answering everyone and uh, yeah, life was looking much better now that I was on top five, but to be honest, all the other products were so close. Sometimes I would just go back to sixth place, then I would go back to the top five, but It was really stressful and I really didn't know if I was able to keep that position. And uh, I just kept sending DMs and sending DMs and sending DMs. And I I did that basically the whole day. And uh, let me skip ahead more towards the end of the day to tell you what happened. It's 5.20 and... uh, i'm not going to lie i'm feeling tired i feel sweaty that like my fingers hurt from answering everyone and sending so many messages but at least it's working out okay okay it's working out really well actually let's stop it tiago stop being so negative i am still in position five with 178 upvotes and 81 comments yeah baby Yeah, baby, indeed, it was five. I was tired, but I was in the top five and uh, I was really, really happy with my results. My goal was since the beginning to get into top five. And uh, as the evening started to arrive and then later became night, I was actually in position number four. It's already 10.30. And as of now, I have 234 upvotes and uh, many comments as well. Let me just check. 95 comments. And that puts me in fourth place. Yeah! Fourth place. That's amazing. I was not expecting this. Uh, Fourth place apparently is already considered to be above the fold. Because when you open product Hunt and check the products, you see mine. (laughs) Anything that is basically higher than 4th place or 5th place, you don't see it. You need to scroll down. I was over the moon. I couldn't believe that I had achieved the 4th place. Which was actually better than my previous PH launch when I launched the WB Space. Where I only got to 5th. This time I was in 4th, so I was really feeling happy. It seemed that there was no way I could lose this position. And eventually, around midnight, I went to bed. I was really tired. And then I woke up to a not-so-good result. Hey, so woke up again. I went to bed yesterday at like 1. So there's still 7 hours to go. And when I went to bed, we were 4th place. Now I wake up and we are five which is still great it's still my goal to be top 5 so that's amazing but you know losing that last position in those 5 hours 7 hours uh ah, it's it's frustrating for sure i i'm wondering if if i was here active trying to get a few more upvotes and a few more comments things would go different but to be honest it's just a matter of pride because everything well <laughs> went super well So in the end, even though I didn't get the fourth place, as I was saying, everything went amazingly. I got so much traffic. So when I first started my launch, I only had 40 people subscribed. And after the launch, after 24 hours, I had 140. So 100 people actually subscribed and and had their email. And that's amazing. And as of now, I have 190 this is amazing people were giving such great feedback and sharing it on twitter and uh, the engagement is it's great i i can actually measure that and i see that a lot of people are getting the email and a lot of people are clicking on the button so i don't know it seems that there's a certain degree of potential in this product and i need to figure out what should be the next steps for now Another great consequence of this is that I got two new members in the community. So that's my goal, basically. It's a marketing technique, a way to get the uh, users in my website. And uh, this kind of proof is that one great way for you to promote your projects is by offering free stuff. And in this case, I'm uh, I created this indie lottery, and it's free for everyone. So I'm super excited about that. The product on launch was a huge success and. One cool thing about the, the the launch is that after you do that, you still get traffic for the next month or so. And as I told you, since I was top five, I got featured in the newsletter. So I got traffic from there and I still have traffic coming from Product Hunt as of now. So I know that the same thing happened when I launched the WB Space and it will continue to to have a little bit of traffic from Product Hunt, I guess, in the next week or so. So Really, really amazing, super happy. And uh, if you need any tips on how to launch on Product Hunt, I have another episode about it. So just to go to wannabe-entrepreneur.com episodes and search for Product Hunt and you'll find it. And uh, yeah, if I can do it, you definitely can do it because the, my first launches were so terrible. I basically had like five upvotes or so. So now having, I think in the end I got 200 or 300 upvotes in this, so really, really great. And that was my product hunt experience. Now, I want to quickly tell you about another experiment I've done this past week. I finally found a way to make cold messaging work, and that's quite exciting. As I told you in the past, I've tried sending uh, DMs on uh, LinkedIn and got Almost zero responses. I tried to send emails to a lot of indie hackers and I got zero responses. And now I found a way to finally get some engagement. And it all started with one member of the community. His name is Jasper, And um, he was trying around and playing around with um, the Twitter API. And he was able to create some lists. A list of indie hackers, indie hackers on Twitter. And it's basically a CSV file, super detailed, with a lot of information about each indiaga. Of course, this is public information, information that comes from their profiles. And it's a big one. It gets more than uh, 2,000 or 3,000 members there. So he gave this list to me. He said, Tiago, you can try it out, see what you can do with that. And uh, I did. I basically imported that CSV with a Python script, and I filtered it. And I try to find my target customers. I know that my target customers are people starting out. So they don't have a lot of followers on uh, Twitter, but they are very engaged. So they have their product there and they have a link to their website. So I tried to filter it out and somehow find the people that I believe would engage with. And after doing so, I basically got a list of Twitter handles and I used Hiveway to send a bulk message in Hiveway. It's really easy to do that. I just copy, paste and by the way, I'm not being paid to say anything about any product, as you know, I don't do any ads or sponsorships. So I I genuinely like Hiveway and I use it. So I'm just telling my experience. So I just import all the Twitter handles and I put in the input box of the bulk messaging feature. And one cool thing is that you can actually personalize the message. So there's a little button that imports all the names from the Twitter profiles. And you just have to make sure that the names were properly imported because sometimes people use emojis in their names, etc. So if you send a message using that emoji, they will know that it's automated. But it's quite simple to do this. It doesn't take much time and then the API or, or the tool rather works super well and just start sending messages to people. And my message was not sending a link or spamming was basically giving a free trial. Yes, that was my idea and uh, I'm quite happy with it. So let me actually read it for you so that you can understand the message I sent. So hi, and then the name of the person. My name is Tiago and I run a virtual community where you can meet and learn from other makers that are also building their projects. I would love to go give you a free oh." I, I just noticed that I sent them <laughs> that I, I sent uh, a message with a mistake with uh, so I, I, I write I would love to go give you instead of I would love to give you anyways, it still worked. I would love to give you free access to our Slack until the end of September. Does this sound interesting to you? And a lot of people answered me back, which was really surprising. Some people answered saying that they were not interested, which is completely fine. At least they were answering. And some people said that they were interested. So I basically gave them access to the community until the end of the month. So I got a lot of new people coming in, which is super cool, super exciting. And uh, in the end of the month, I will let you know how many of them convert. Another way that really worked to get new people to the community was to do a tweet and saying that if you would tag a friend that is a Hindi hacker friend on that tweet, I will give you both access to the community. That was great. It also worked really well. And got a bunch of new people joining us. So I think in total I got five or six new people. They are not paid until now. But let's see in the end of the month if it actually works well or not for me. And if they they like the community. So yeah, that was my cold DMing experiment. It worked really well. And I'll continue doing this because, you know, being an indie hacking is all about adapting and, and finding things that work and basically pushing on the things that work, right? So that's why I always say that I hate the advice when people just say keep pushing because you need to push on the things that work and uh, really adapt yourself. And that's it for all my experiments and the cool things that happened this past week. And now I want to speak about the last topic of today's episode, which is, is indie hacking... A Ponzi scheme, and just by starting to speak about this, I'm 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 feeling a little bit anxious because this is very personal to me. So a few days back, I saw that uh, Maxwell shared uh, Indie Hackers post on his Twitter, and uh, this post read, "Why I hate the Indie Hackers community on Twitter," and. This has 100 upvotes on indie hackers, which is crazy. This is really, really a lot. And the, it's it's a long post, so I won't read it for you. I will share the link in the description if you want to read it. But basically, there are a couple of topics that the author focuses on. The first one says, A lot of indie hackers build products for other indie hackers. And the author calls it a big Ponzi scheme. Like we are all here selling products to each other. Then uh, the author also says that most tweets are focused on personal development and uh, that they manage their Twitter account like a community manager, and it's boring and it's a closed system because you tend to see always the same people on Twitter and the author even calls it kind of a fraternity. And I quote, On Twitter, Most indie hackers follow other indie hackers. It's a deep closed system, but worst, sometimes they help each other. You may consider this fraternity as good, but it leads to an artificial success, reinforcing the Ponzi scheme. For some reason, reading this made me feel really bad. Like we were all a bunch of scam artists and you know what they say that It's really easy to ignore the critics that you do not relate to at all. And I I get these critics sometimes and I I completely ignore them. It's really easy because if they are not basically giving me constructive feedback that I can use, it's really easy for me to just don't think about it. However, there are certain critics that really touch in that uh, little part of your brain that think that you are... imposter the imposter syndrome i end up finding my way around entrepreneurship and making money building a community for other makers and sometimes i feel that i i did not make it I, i didn't build a SaaS. i didn't build a traditional product i built a community and even though i i'm not claiming that i will teach anyone to reach success i somehow I'm making a community for indie wannabe entrepreneurs and I am a wannabe entrepreneur myself. And even though if I rationally think about it I I understand that I'm actually building a great product that people love and I get really great feedback, sometimes a part of me in these dark dark moments thinks that I might be a fraud. And these kind of comments they really They really ignite that fraud flame that I feel, and and it's really, really terrible. However, by reading it and seeing a Ponzi scheme, then the rational part just lightens up and says, no, Tiago, that's wrong. that's That's not even accurate. Most of the people that I know, most of the indie hackers that I know, most of the people that actually submitted projects on the indie lottery, and it's been, as I told you, more than 180 they are not building products for other indie hackers. They actually target multiple different audiences. So I, I thought that this was wrong. This maybe is the perspe- perception that people get, because we, the people that target other indie hackers, we use indiehackers.com, we use Twitter as our marketing channels. They just work, and it's our social media. We don't use Instagram. We don't use TikTok. We use twitter and, and and that's why probably you see more of us than uh, the others because they just don't tweet as much we tend to focus and follow the algorithm to be honest there's a lot of tweets that i not i wouldn't write them in that way but i i kind of learned by experimenting which tweets work best and which don't and i don't know if this is the fault of the twitter algorithm or the human brain that that just get triggered by certain titles, but I don't do it on purpose. I just follow what works. So I decided to do a poll. I decided to do a Twitter poll asking if people were or not targeting Indie Hackers. So in the end, the question is who are your target customers? And then there's two options one is not Indie Hackers, and the other one is Indie Hackers. And About 80 people answered, which I think it's a a good amount. 80 people, 80 indie hackers answered, because keep in mind that these are my followers. So this is already a target group of indie hackers. And 80% said that they are not targeting indie hackers. 80%. So I was right. I was right to believe that this is not a Ponzi scheme. And I was right to believe that most of us are not targeting other indie hackers. This is just a perception. So for sure that it's not a Ponzi scheme, for sure that we are not just selling the snake oil. And this is a community that I totally love. The possibility of just creating something out of nothing to somehow take control over our professional lives and, and, and try to leave a mark in this world is something beautiful. And being called a Ponzi scheme is something that I really do not like. So I decided to write a post, an indie hacker's post about it. And the title is, Indie Hacking is Not a Ponzi Scheme. And I basically describe what I just told you. And I end up also showing the tweet, showing the poll and saying that actually, no, we are not always feeding each other. Most of the people are actually trying to build stuff for other communities. However, the comments were not nice. And a lot of people came and accused me as a spammer. And I, I told you about this in the past, that I, even I, I was called out by a mod saying that I was kind of spamming too much because my strategy on Indie Hackers website was to comment on people's posts with valuable comments, but always also kind of linking to my products. I have so many products that help Indie Hackers that I really thought that uh, this was valuable. And of course, I knew that this was also a marketing strategy. However, it worked. It worked. Like, a lot of people were clicking on the links. And I got a lot of traffic coming from the hackers People that were happy with it. And no one ever, like, criticized me for it. So I just continued because I thought, okay, if people are clicking on the links, if no one is complaining about it, then it means that this is valuable. It means that uh, why would people click on the links if they didn't think it was valuable? Why would this strategy work if uh, it was pure spam. So I continue doing that. And, and once I, I was told off by the mod, I, I definitely reduced that quite a bit. And I, I tried to uh, uh, get other strategies. I told you about, I tried to do SEO. I tried to do a more passive way of getting users. But let me read you one of the answers from a user called Primer that really, really affected me. And, and keep in mind that I normally don't get affected by this. It says, to be honest, mate, you are the first name that comes into my head when people come in here and complain about balance over self-promotion and spam. You come here and reply to every post on the homepage with some odd way to squeeze in a link to your platform. It's tiring and so, so obvious that you're what you're doing. Can you not just engage without every post or comment you make, including this one? Be a sales pitch for your WBE space. This comment had 17 upvotes, 17 more upvotes than the post itself. <sighs> this is this is really makes me anxious, and I, I tried to answer and I, I tried to kind of justify myself and and being um, and being nice because I I totally understand what they mean and I don't want to ruin the community. I I don't want to. Be the spammer and ruin the experience for everyone. But the shitty thing is that every of my replies was downvoted to the point that you cannot see them now. People really took it personally. People really somehow got fed up with me. And uh, a lot of people are just saying, yeah, he's rapping the wannabe hard though. They were kind of mocking me. Holy shit, it's WB Space Guy. I've never clicked on it and I. Never will. I know that haters tend to speak louder. And even though I understand kind of a portion why they are saying this, uh, I also think that they are more trying to damage me and, and like offend me rather than really trying to help. But I also know that a lot of people support this and, and support me. And when I shared about this on Twitter, a lot of people said, hey, yeah, Tiago, I support you. It's completely fine. And and other comments here say that they agree with my post. But it feels bad. I have to say, it, it really... This really affected me. Normally on Reddit and, and Echo News, I have thick skin, I don't care. But this is a website I really enjoy, a community that I really love. And seeing that people are so passionately hating me well i guess this is the downside of of building in public you are more exposed you are more exposed for this kind of of stuff and and people online they they are not nice right they they just they are blunt they they don't try to use better words they just they are honest they are brutal they are mean sometimes yeah, so in the other hand, as a positive side, this got me a lot of traction. And again, a lot of people coming to my website. But yeah, it, it makes me think that I, I need to be careful with this because it's also my image, it's my community, it's my members, and I, I don't want my image to affect them. And it also makes me think that I I might not use the Hackers as much now. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. For sure, I'll reduce. And I told you, I've done that before. I'm not basically tagging my community in the comments anymore. Um, And I found another way to get users. But yeah, this is definitely a trigger for my imposter syndrome. Now, I will link this post as well on the comments. But please do not go there and defend me, don't do that, don't go there and upvote my comments, that would not be fair for me to use my audience to kind of defend myself, the link will be in the description though, <laughs> no, just kidding, it's okay, I'm. it's part of it, it's, it's part of uh, building in public, it's part of having a business to get some critics and, and to learn from them, and even though it does not feel great, it's part of the job. Yeah, really sorry to finish this episode in, in such a downbeat note. Um, so maybe just go back and listen to my Brother Hunt lunch again, which is very, very positive. And uh, I, I, in general, I, I'm feeling happy. I'm, I'm really feeling happy and and, positive, and I have so many cool things going on and so many cool projects. And uh, yeah, tomorrow just to lighten things up a little bit, there will be, again, my co-working space experience together with Anthony and other indie makers. So I'm super excited for that. And that's it. That's it for today's episode. It was a long one. And again, I'm sorry for the delay. If you want to support this podcast, if you want to support me, you can become a member of the WB space, $10 per month. You can uh, also just uh, do a kind of Patreon subscription that costs $2. The link will be in the description. And you can also get the merch, the merchandising, the mugs and the t-shirts and all of that. Again, everything in the show notes. This was another Wannabe Entrepreneur. See you next time.